Hey everyone, it's Lynn Chen, and today on the Actors Diet Podcast, my guest is Rob Dion, who is a friend, and I have to say this, he hosts the Open Sky Fitness Podcast, which is all about fitness, as you might think, and even though I don't work out, I've listened to every single episode since the beginning of your podcast, Rob, and that is saying a lot. I, I still can't believe that. That is that is insane. And first of all, thank you so much uh, for having me on your show. And thank you so much for being one of our longest fans. That is insane. That is so cool. Thank have, you. Have you ever heard that from anyone else that's like, hey, Rob, I don't work out, but God, I love your show. <laughs> I don't think that there's anybody that listens to my show as consistently as you do that does not do anything physical. I think you're – it's so funny. You're, I'm you're, special. Uh, I know. And, you know, you listened since the beginning. And I think I remember you saying something like because we had talked about uh, which, like somebody we, we had. I, it was I think it was back when Jeff was on the show. It was like because you told us this and we talked about it on the show. I was like, we know somebody who's like who does not work out, doesn't want to work out, but listens to our show. And we just talked. I remember talking about it on there. And you, I think you sent me a message going, you guys were just talking about me. <laughs> <laughs> this is Jeff Meacham, who's also been a podcast guest in the past, married to Christy Myers, another podcast guest. That's right. And that's how we know each other. That's and actually, right. Rob, when you and I first met a long time ago, maybe yeah. in New York, did we meet in New York? We might have met in New York. That was uh, that's a definitely a possibility because, uh, you know, Jeff and Jeff was one of my best friends or is one of my best friends. And he was dating Christy. And I think you and Christy were living together. Is that right? We lived, that both lived in Astoria at the same time. But Christy and I were really close back then, too. And I knew when she and Jeff started d dating first. So maybe we go back all the way there. Yeah, I know for yeah. sure. I can remember like when moving to L.A. and seeing you guys. But um for sure. But yeah. at any rate, that's how we know each other. And so when I first knew you, you were mm -hmm. an actor. And it's really interesting because you've had this whole journey of leaving acting, doing the fitness thing, which you do so incredibly well. And that's why I think your whole <laughs> your whole past with performing is part of what makes you so interesting to listen to, even though... <laughs> I don't work out like I, you are a good storyteller naturally you're, you love listening you just don't love following directions I'm like that sounds great <laughs> it all sounds really good Rob it sounds great well I so if, if you listen to Rob's podcast uh, you'll know a lot because you do share a lot about what you're eating how you used mm -hmm. to eat but for 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 us for the actor's diet let's talk about Let's talk about when you were younger, what your diet looked like. Then we'll talk about when you were an actor, since this is the actor's diet, and mm -hmm. uh, what things looked like for you there. And I'm actually really interested in hearing about how you transitioned out of acting. I did hear your your interview that you did with, I um, can't remember who, on with another mind, podcast. My, mind Pump? Maybe. Uh, you, you went into great detail about how you how you left the acting business, and it was really interesting to me. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I think it was probably the mind pump interview recently. But uh, to go back to the to the first question, um, when I was a kid growing up, I grew up with my my grandmother who was all Italian and my mother who was half Yugoslavian, half Italian. Um, they were my role models for food. Uh, I had four older sisters. I'm the youngest of of five, um, and not one of my sisters was ever interested in cooking or food. 
And I just took that on. I loved hanging out in the kitchen with my mother, loved hanging out in the kitchen with my grandmother, learned how to make so many delicious foods. Um, well, I should say, I mean, over time I did. My, some of my favorite foods when I was a kid was more like hot dogs, uh, pizza, buffalo wings, things like that. And uh, well, I'll be honest, they're still my favorite foods. But the, you know, but th that was like, those were like the things that I, whatever I loved, whatever I couldn't, I couldn't, like I craved all the time that I couldn't be without, I learned how to make. Um, so, you know, one of my, the first things I learned how to make that I, I, that was like really, I think was probably, I thought was very difficult at the time was Buffalo wings. I wanted to figure out how to make Buffalo wings because I thought that they were the most delicious thing ever. And they still, they really are. If you, if you, if you ever, if you haven't tried a Buffalo wing, first of all, you got to get out from under that rock. And second of all, uh, it is, they are so unbelievably tasty, but now I figured out how to make now like flash forwarding to this, this time in my life. I know how to make Buffalo wings healthy. So, um, but, and still taste really good. And that's, that's the kind of like how I've transitioned over time. But growing up, pasta, um, chicken cutlets, lots of, lots of, uh, meat and potatoes on the table, lots and lots of bread on the table at all times. And it was tough for me. I have a podcast episode, uh, titled generational eating, um, because it's a really tough thing to break out of. And I, and I love watching your cooking videos with your mom, Lynn, because she's so funny and so like cute. And the food, I mean, some of the food that she makes uh, is phenomenal. But so also sometimes when you make those foods, they're not necessarily the healthiest thing for you. Right. So it's hard to kind of break out of those. So that's kind of like how, how my childhood growing up with food. And this, I mean, there's like all kinds of crazy stories about food and, and, and diet and stuff and how I have such a weird perspective on how to eat healthy. But um, we could talk about that too. What is Yugoslavian food like? Well, okay, so one meal, my grandfather's favorite meal was pasta vizul. Now, there's an Italian version of pasta vizul that's just, pasta vizul just means pasta and beans, if you've never had pasta vizul. And if you go to an Italian restaurant, it's like kind of like pasta and beans in this like tomato-y, soupy sauce. And uh, that is not bad. But if you're going to make it the Yugoslavian style, which is how my grandmother made it and how my great grandmother made it and how my great great grandmother made it on the Yugoslavian side was with lots of smoked meats like kielbasa, um, ham hocks, pork knuckles, but all smoked. And so it's it's like this kind of it's it's like this really smoky, rich uh, soup, almost like a stew. Um, and that was hands down my favorite kind of, uh, my favorite meal to this day. Um, so that's like, that's a little more in terms of Yugoslavians, a little heavier, colder climate, heavier foods, keep some meat on the bones, you know? So that's, that's it. If you eat, a, if, if you eat pasta vizul, because whenever you make it, you make it in batches, big batches, you'll gain 10 pounds that week of just retaining all that sodium and all that fat. Uh, but it's so good and so delicious. Um, I will, I actually, now I'm, I'm, I'm starting to salivate. It's one of my favorite meals ever. It sounds delicious. What kind of pasta are you using? It's not like a spaghetti or a long pasta, is it? No, you know, I don't know the name of it. It's it, it, what they look like, you know, like it, imagine a piece of like a penny pasta, right? And you cut it into smaller pieces of penny pasta where they're only maybe, uh, like a, a couple centimeters long, right? Okay. Where a piece of penny pasta would be like half an inch to an inch long and you just chop it. It looks like these little tiny barrels. And that's that's what uh, that's what the pot that's the kind of pasta they use in pasta vizul in the traditional Italian as well as the Yugoslavian uh, version that I that I make. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Don't don't go buying penne pasta and chopping it in half. You should go get that special. <laughs> 
pasta. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. I could post. I mean, I could post. I think I posted it in in different places. It's. I mean, I do not. I do not pretend like it's a healthy thing. But I have my grandmother's original recipe that she wrote out for me when I moved away to college. And I asked her to write it down, and it's the sweetest recipe ever. It's all covered in in all kinds of stains and everything. Uh, it's got it's got like scribbles on it, but it, my grand and my grandmother wrote it in pencil. And but it's funny because she doesn't obviously write out recipes the way that like food bloggers or anybody would write out recipes. It just says beans, meat, uh, potato. It doesn't tell you how much or uh, like what to put in, how to prepare it. Doesn't say anything about that. It was like I I know how to do that. So. It's this piece of paper that I'm going to frame at some point. I have it in an envelope and I've scanned it into my computer as well. So in case I lose it for some reason, I still have the record uh, and take a picture. I have me and my grandmother and I want to put like a pictured frame in my in my kitchen because that was really that was the recipe, the most complicated recipe that I, I think I ever made when I was young. And it and it made me realize like, wow, I can have I can have this anytime I want. Mm -hmm. That was kind of like an amazing thing. Like I remember as a kid, like I had to wait for my grandma to make it. It was a, once every two, once every year, maybe twice a year. And so when, and now it's like, just, just, just know it's like I have the power. It's almost like, it's like being a superhero when it comes to being able to make certain kinds of foods. Were you more of cool. a cook when you were little or did you bake at all? No, baking is for people who like dessert. <laughs> I, I actually, you don't like I, dessert. I, love, I, I like dessert. Not really. I'm not a big dessert fan. You know, my family didn't. It was Entenmann's cakes and and donuts when I was a kid. It was and Hostess. It was it was crap. It didn't taste good. My wife is the baker in the family. She makes some a phenomenal. She grew up like with blueberry pie and and key lime pie and and different kinds of all kinds of like brownies made from scratch. And she 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 can do that stuff. But I don't have. I I'm not that much of a scientist. I'm more of like a when because you, you know when you bake you have to be very scientific. You have to she's, be very precise. Right, exactly. Very precise. But like cooking, you could be a little bit of a disaster in the kitchen and the food can come out amazing. And that's me. I'm a little bit more of a disaster. I put I put music on. I put a movie on in the background. I kind of like dance around the kitchen and cook for two, two to three hours. I, I love doing that. What movies are you watching while you're cooking? Food movies? <laughs> no, no. I mean, movies, you know, here, when you watch, when you put a movie on or even a TV show on, like in the kitchen while you're cooking, it has to be something that you've seen already. It can't be something that's like, that's like, uh, that's going to distract you. So you can't watch a show that you, that you're trying to stay up. Like you can't watch Game of Thrones. You're not going to watch it. You're going to like, it's going to be on in the background. Like a good one for me is like, uh, is like, uh, what's a movie? I like Jaws is a movie that I would put on in the background because it's a movie I've seen a thousand times. I know every part of the movie, and if I if I get caught up in my cooking for twenty minutes and come back to the movie, um, I I know exactly what's happening. A comfort so, film. Yeah, it's a comfort film. While you're preparing, maybe comfort food. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. No, you know what? You're 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 on to something more. Yeah, I think. Well, the thing the thing about like food, as I'm sure you've you know you've explored through the, through doing this show as well as for yourself, food is a very comforting thing. And there's a there's a lot of emotional attachments to everything that we do when we cook and or eat, I should say as well, or watch movies. And it's it's like, you know, my mom, this is something that I got from my mom. There would always be the TV playing in the background at all times. And I don't necessarily do that here. But for some reason, when I cook and have a movie on in the background, it just feels like home it just feels right and so that's one of the reasons why I do it it kind of it feels amazing to me so when you were in college were you cooking then since you had oh, some yeah. of the skills 
Oh yeah. I mean, this is, that's probably where I started experimenting the most, uh, in college. I remember the first, so my wife is Devin. She's the co-host of my show. Uh, we've been together 17 years. We started dating in 2000. We got married in 2008. We've been together ever since. We moved into Astoria, Queens together, lived there for three years, and then drove cross country, and, and now we've been in L.A. since 2005. And the, so I asked Devin out on a date, and I invited her in college. I invited her to come over to my apartment for dinner. And she said yes. She was 19. I was 23. And she interpreted that as uh, I'll show up sometime that night. Well, I made a whole roasted chicken with roasted vegetables and like a salad. And I was trying to impress her. And uh, and I was, you know, swatting away my my roommates because they were smelling the food and they wanted some. And she never showed. Seven <laughs> o'clock around seven thirty, eight o'clock, nine o'clock. 930 and then eventually she showed up at 10 o'clock and she's like hey how's it going I'm like where were you because back then we didn't have cell phones I think I called her apartment but she wasn't there and so I was like where were you she's like well I didn't know what time you wanted me to come I go normal dinner time would have been fine just show up anytime that like 10 o'clock is too late like dinner's over and so I said too late like the food's already gone I gave it to my roommates an hour ago so um, <laughs> they like pecked away at it like seagulls so the so that was our first date. So I had to then I had to then the second date I took her food shopping, because I was like I'm not gonna waste my time cooking food for you. You gotta you gotta come along for the process. So we went food shopping. So food has been a huge a huge part, and cooking has been a huge part of my life since I was since I was young. Who was a better cook back then, you or Devin? And who's a better cook now? You know, uh, hands down, me to start off with. Give you an example. I gave her a recipe for my. Um, for meatballs, it's a, one of my college roommates' grandmother's recipe, which is phenomenal. Um, I can't eat it anymore because it's got, well, not that I can't eat it, but it's got breadcrumbs in it, which makes it probably the best, uh, one of the best recipes in it. Um, but the, um, but I gave Devin the recipe. I was like, can you make meatballs tonight? So she's making them. And I walked into the kitchen and I saw her, you know, grating uh, cheddar cheese. And I said, well, what are you doing with the cheddar cheese? She goes, well, it says that I got to put cheese in the meatballs. I go, yeah, Parmesan cheese. That's what you put in meatballs. Why would you put cheddar in there? She's like, I thought it was just up for interpretation. I thought it would be good to put cheddar cheese in the meatballs. I'm like, no, you're way off. So she would try to improvise and do all kinds of weird stuff when she was when she was young. And uh, it probably actually, I don't know, maybe I should. I'm sure left there's her. some places in the south that might have a recipe <laughs> yeah, like right. that. Deep fried cheddar cheese meatballs. <laughs> yeah, I, you know what? I still, I, I, co I totally stunted her culinary uh, growth. She probably would have reinvented the. The Italian meatball and made the best thing ever. Uh, cheeseburger, cheeseburger ball. Yeah, exactly. Damn, I messed that up. But anyway, <laughs> so she was. But but now she's a phenomenal cook. She's actually. So now she's a. She's just as good as I am. She makes. She makes different kinds of things than I do. She thinks outside the box because I. I like certain kinds of foods. Um, I like traditional rustic foods and such. Uh, lots of things on the grill or um, or roasted where she'll kind of start she'll create like uh like this sauce that i would never have even thought to make and she'll put it over like zucchini pasta or something like that and that's that's kind of her thing she's she's very very creative in the kitchen now devin's still an actor but when you were acting yeah. were you ever conscious about food and weight and health and all that other stuff that comes along with being an actor you know so meacham and i jeff and i we would work out together since college. And so when we moved to Astoria, we kept on we kept on working out together. Now, Jeff, as you know, is probably one of the laziest people you'll ever meet. So uh, setting up a schedule with Jeff to work out just means you're going to be there by yourself. 
until maybe 20 minutes, 30 minutes in. So um, I I always had a body conscious issue. Uh, I think it comes from having four older sisters and constantly hearing about them talk about their weight, how they look. And I'm like, I think I'm interpreting that as maybe I should be concerned. Also, the way that my mom would diet um, consistently throughout my entire childhood. And, you know, and I had a weird way of thinking about, um, you know, how someone should be eating on a diet. So I was always concerned that I was, you know, I, and I still, to this day, I still have like issues. If I look at myself, I'm, I'm usually never happy. So I'm, I'm, you know, I'm trying to come to terms with being 40 now and, and looking the way that I look. And, and also obviously I want to be healthy. So, you know, you have to be, you have to be kind to yourself along this journey. Um, but yeah, along the way it's, you know, you know, be creating this healthier regimen and eating healthy foods was, was, uh, was an evolution. Um, like I was getting to Jeff and I would meet at, um, meet at the Queensboro bridge underneath the Queensboro bridge. There was a track there and we would run that track just for a fun workout. And I would stop on the way and get a slice of pizza or I would stop on the way and get a hot dog. And he'd be like, why are you burping so much? I was like, oh, I just ate a chili dog. And he's right before we worked out. And for me, so there was no connection between food and fitness. It was just it was just about doing the exercise. It wasn't about the fuel that actually came in that I put into my body. So that was that was a, that was an interesting discovery. And that took a long time for me to kind of understand that about myself. And I think for a lot of people, especially when you're younger and in your 20s, that's pretty much how most especially if you're not struggling with massive weight gain i think that's pretty much where your mindset's going to be yeah it's funny that you were just talking about the queensboro bridge and the track underneath i wonder if it still exists because i was just in new york for a month staying near long island city and i wonder if that still exists oh it's got to exist it was a that was a great little park things have changed Really? Things I haven't been have changed in New York City. If anyone out there is listening and knows whether that track still exists, please let us know. I'm very yeah. curious. Yeah, I'm curious too. I had some some great workouts in that in that in that little like in that little park. That was so much fun. Oh, I'd be bombed. It was so beautiful too. You had the you the, literally the bridge was spanning the the whole entire um like the whole skyline there. That was such a cool spot to work out. I'm sure it's a very expensive condo. prime real estate but anyway when you were working at it at that point had you already been like a jock before that I grew up as a I you know I grew up kind of as a jock I would say um I to be honest I hate jocks um uh I'm not a sports guy so uh, I played solo sports and what I mean by that is like I swam and I wrestled I liked sports where I only relied on me. And maybe that's 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 probably an issue that I need to, you know, and not probably I've been working on is being a team player. You know, I try I tend to be the the guy that goes out and tries to accomplish everything on his own. Uh, That should have been an indicator when I was a kid only being attracted to sports where uh, I don't have to rely on anyone. I just rely on myself. But that also means that I put all the pressure on me to be the the success. So. I don't necessarily think of myself as a jock as much as somebody who is just physically competitive with himself. Um, I don't like, like I said, playing sports, so I don't have that that jock mentality 
I feel like I'm being a dick. Sorry if I'm cursing on your show, but I feel like, you know, like that's I'm not trying to take anything away from somebody who likes sports. But, you know, when you're in high school or junior high, there's the difference between the jocks and then, you know, uh, and the academics or the nerds or whatever you want to call them. And I was somewhere in the middle. I had good grades. I was very athletic. But at the same time, I didn't feel like I believed in I, I, I belonged in either world. I was somewhere in the middle, kind of not knowing where my place was. I was very friendly with a lot of the kids in the theater programs there, um, but I didn't have the balls to be to get into theater because I was afraid of what my guys' friends on the jock sh- the jock side, how they would how they would react to that. So I felt like, but then at the same time, I didn't feel like I was a full on jock where because I mean there was there's stories of I remember walking down the hallways with guys on the wrestling team with me or on the football team and I wasn't on the football team but they would just like shove these these kids into the lockers and just like or just like smack somebody in the hallway just because straight out of an 80s movie straight I mean you're I'm not even kidding that was my high school experience and I and and I and I I had I, I I did not like high school at all I felt like I didn't belong there I felt like I couldn't wait to leave Long Island I think that was my real um, that was, I, I don't know, maybe and high school's not Long Island. I should, I should probably accept that. But I think that was one of my first things. I was like, wow, I don't like it here. I don't like this kind of mentality. And, uh, so anyway, I, uh, I, I ended up, you know, just not having a great high school experience. So where do I fit in terms of the jock versus the, you know, the academic? Um, I was somewhere in the middle. I was always a good student, but and, and I was always a good athlete, but I never excelled like I never went like states or and I, and I never was like in AP classes. So I was somewhere in the middle. And so when did you start getting into acting? Well, when I went to the community college, I had no idea what I wanted to do with myself. I went to community college. I was 18 years old and they had an acting department there. And I was going to community college for an associate's degree in liberal arts. Right. That's what you do when you don't know what you want to do with your life. And I ended up uh, discovering their theater program there. And it was Suffolk Community is it's Suffolk Community College. It was the one um, it was the one right off of Nichols Road. Um, uh, Selden uh, is where it is. And they had I don't know, for some reason, I guess it's just because of the county. They had a ton of money and they had I mean, because didn't you did you go to theater school? I didn't. No, I mean, I studied it freshman year and then was like, this is too academic for me. So I ended up gotcha. not majoring in it. But you ended up. So I continue, continue. I went. Well, yeah, I ended up going to a conservatory for acting. But this is so funny because I went to a school that's all about theater, all about arts, which was uh, SUNY Purchase Acting Conservatory. And they also have tons of other conservatories there. However, they had zero money compared to the community college where they, we would have a costume department that would design all of our shows. And we were doing two shows a, a semester and they were do, we had lighting. I mean, everything was like full on production. We would sell tickets. It was a big thing. And so I got to experience that as an outsider being able to being able to perform in every single one of their shows. So I didn't have to go and take like they had these tech classes, their costume design classes, their um, uh, whatever else, lighting classes. They had all this stuff. They had a whole department for these kinds of classes. But I was taking liberal arts and just doing all of my electives as a theater, uh, you know, as taking acting classes because that's all I was interested in. So. I kind of had a nice, I kind of had a, a really sweet deal there where I would go to normal classes and then I would take ac- acting classes and do their plays in the, in the, in the evenings or rehearsals in the evenings. 
so that was that was a cool that was a really cool time and and then flash forwarding like maybe a year or so i ended up uh getting into suny purchase acting conservatory which is where jeff and i met you probably there's probably you how many people have you interviewed that have gone to potentially gone to suny purchase maybe um, just jeff just jeff just you and jeff i think okay. that i can think of it but um let's talk about <laughs> now let's talk about how you left acting because <laughs> yeah. that i think yeah, honestly, sometimes I think about starting a podcast about people in the business yeah. who've left the business because I yeah. think it's something people think about all the time. I think it's a completely valid decision. And I think yeah. if more people saw examples of other people leaving the industry and thriving like you, yeah. like they would feel less you know, afraid because I yeah. think part of the reason why people get stuck in this is because they just don't know what else to do. They're like, I don't know what to do other than act. So I'll just sit here and wait. Yeah. I think I should have known that I was going to eventually quit acting based on. So I have a very entrepreneurial, um, uh, kind of inner, 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 inner drive. Um, and then I, I, I approached my acting in that same way. Like I, I was very aggressive. Um, on the business side of becoming an actor, I probably could have been a little more aggressive or maybe even um, more strategic. But, you know, I was young and I tried to I, I was doing what I thought I needed to do. Uh, you also get tons and tons of there's so much there's so much money you can spend as an actor just just to uh, just to basically get yourself to that next level. Right. And they always everybody's always trying to sell you something on what you can do. So I was thinking, oh, shit, well, I can. I can uh, sell something here. And so I had an idea for a book, which I still have the outline for. And the name of the book was Just Don't Talk to Me About Acting. Uh, because, and, and somebody can totally steal this. Uh, I'll, and if you want me to co-write this with you, I'll be your sounding board. But uh, so, and I'll t tell you the premise. It was basically, um, my parents, my mom specifically, would call me every single week and ask me about acting and ask me about what I'm doing. And it was, it became the most frustrating conversations ever because here's how it would go. Uh, so did you have any auditions this week? Yeah. Yeah. Mom, I had uh, an audition for, you know, some NBC show. Well, uh, when are they going to tell you if you got it? And I, well, they're probably not going to call me, um, unless I got the job. So I won't really know until afterwards. Oh, that's a shame. Well, why don't you call your agent and just see if they're going to cast you? And I said, but that's not how it works, mom. It's just like, well, what about the casting director? Can't you just call them or just email them and find out what's what they're doing? Mm, no, mom, that's not really how it works. You just kind of have to wait until afterwards. And then if you don't hear anything, you don't have it. And if you do hear something, then that's good. And she's like, oh, OK. And then I call her a couple of days later and she says, what happened with that NBC thing? Uh, I didn't hear anything, mom. I'll call you. Trust me. I'll call you. You'll be the first person to know. I don't understand why they just don't tell you what's going on. I'm like, trust me. I'm just as frustrated as you, mom. I really would love for them to just cast me in something or let me know so this way I don't have to think about it anymore. She's like, okay. I think every of, actor can relate. A couple to days story. later, same shit. And then it's like, and then, you know, how, why doesn't your agent like it? So basically the book was all about the role of like what an actor is, is, you know, what their life is like and exactly what they go through. And so it would be like just so the name of it's just don't talk to me about acting. Uh, it's basically the guide to the family member who has an actor in the family. <laughs> and you just basically you know exactly what to talk to them about and what not to ask questions about. Because it was that was like probably my biggest pain point when I was when I my first and second year out of out of college having those conversations with family and friends that just don't understand how tough it is to be an actor. It is so, tough. So it anyway, is. you 
you uh, so back to your uh, I, I love going on total segues. But uh, so back to your original question, which was why did I quit and what was that process like? Um, I so as most people do as actors, you have to have a side gig. So I was waiting tables. Um, in New York, I was waiting tables out in LA. I was waiting tables and managing a restaurant and bartending and all that stuff And a lot of people do that because you can make enough money to survive um, And it's flexible hours So that was fine and then but I hated waiting tables. I hate the service business. I'm not good. I don't like when people Look down at me or like treat me like I'm a servant So I needed to find something else and the only other thing that I knew knew that I can do well was work out um, and, and I've been thinking about it for years. Devin had been telling me that I should be doing that for years. And I ended up doing this play. One of the, the, the first play, maybe, yeah, the first play I had ever done in Los Angeles. It was called Troilus and Cressida. It was a really, really shitty Shakespeare, uh, in the park that was horrible. And I played, um, I played Achilles in the play and there was another guy playing Ajax, um, and I worked out and got myself really fit because we had to take our shirts off in this. And I didn't want to look disgusting. You know, I, I wanted to look really good. I wanted to I wanted to be, you know, Achilles. He's like the most powerful warrior of all time. So I got in great shape for that. And the guy how who, long did that take? Um, I mean, I was in moderate shape and uh, this was back in 05. So um, probably took me a few months. Because okay. I knew that I I had been going through the audition process for a little while, and it probably took me a few months to really trim down and get get in good shape for it. And uh, so this guy that was that was playing across from me, who's playing the other warrior, he was way overweight, and he's like, "Dude, how did you how do you look like that?" And I said, "Well, I work out." And he goes, "Well, would you be interested in training me?" And I said, "Well, I don't have a certification. I'm not a certified trainer." I, I, I he's he's like, it "Doesn't matter. I I, I want to work out with you. What what, what would you charge me?" So I came up with a number. He agreed on the number and we uh, so then we started working together and I worked with him for like three or four years and within the first year or so he lost 100 pounds and I uh, and it's like but I was stumbling the entire time trying to help him right trying to figure out how he can be healthy and I in the in the process I got my certifications to become a personal trainer I got more advanced certifications I all of a sudden started becoming a sponge for all of this because I wanted to start building up a this was my opportunity to get out of a restaurant I was like wow people will pay me it was $40 an hour it's like $40 an hour if I have like if I have five of those people I'm already making more money than I'm making at a whole day of you know of like all night working at a, at a restaurant you know, so it was so that was huge for me. So I started um, I started then just building up my one on one business and uh, and slowly phasing out the 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 waiting tables job. Meanwhile, all the times trying to be an actor and my days just felt like they were unbelievably full. I, f I felt like I was getting I was getting nowhere because I was trying to do too many things. And I ended up taking this seminar. It was this it was called Millionaire Mind Seminar. And the guy said something that just all of a sudden clicked. And that's, I think, the big thing for a lot of people. You got to listen to the click. You got to listen to that thing that happens in your life that's like, oh, I see. I see what I'm doing wrong here. And then you have to be willing to take this, that, that next step, that kind of leap of faith. And one of the, the thing that he said was, if you, you have to pick one thing. You have to pick one thing that you're really good at and you got to focus on that 100% because if you are trying to do way, like too many things, you're never going to make, make, make way in any, of, in, in any of them. 
And so I was like, so for me, the way that I interpreted that was I'm trying to be an actor. I'm trying to make, still make money as, as waiting tables and I'm trying to be a personal trainer. Acting wasn't bringing me any joy because I wasn't making any money at it. And, and I felt like I was just doing auditions. And as I think most actors can attest to, auditions suck because it just makes you feel like you're not good enough. And yeah, they say, oh, you know, look at it as like a, it's a time for you to really explore and and and, uh, and 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 test things out. You know, this is your time to act is when you're auditioning. Bull. That's total bull. You you just want the job, so you're going in there with the end that hope that you get the job. And and every time you don't get the job, it's like a little mini kick in the nuts. So I just so I just made the decision. I was like, okay, I'm gonna phase out the acting. And I'm going to phase out the the uh, the the waiting tables and I'm going to focus all in on this personal training thing. And the other thing that the guy said was if you so once you decide on that one thing, you have to become the resident expert. And that's it. You and I probably knew each other. Lynn, at this point, I I that's what I did. I just I just on Facebook, I started the Open Sky Fitness page. I, uh, I got a website, open sky fitness. Uh, I started doing all of my clients were outside, which is how I came out. I came up with the open sky fitness uh, name. I started doing a boot camp. I started just branding the shit out of myself as the fitness guru. And it took a long time for people to take me seriously. And it just, but, but I knew that if this is what I wanted to do, that this, I was going to have to go in all, I was going to have to go all in. And that's exactly what I did. And that was 10 years ago, right? So since then, I've I've completely changed my life. The health side of my life is completely different. But also, I don't have that thing, that negativity around, um, around being good enough, um, like acting gave me on a regular basis, that I, I'm it just, it doesn't exist in my life. And now when people ask me to audition for things, cause randomly people will ask me to audition for something, uh, or they'll cast me in something. A friend will ask me to do something. I did this, uh, I did this web series where I was in one scene. The anxiety that came with that one freaking scene was just like, wow, this is why I don't do this. Huh. Cause there was, there was no joy in there. It was just work and, f- and fear. And I think, I'm I, I'm somebody who's attracted to fear. Like if I'm scared of something, I'm like, why am I scared? I got to keep doing that. I got to get ro- ro- over the fear. And when I started doing the uh, when like when I started acting, I was so scared as a kid that I just kept doing it. I was just like, I got to get over it. And the thing is, is that I don't know if I was ever cut out for it. I I don't think I was ever cut out for the the thick skin it takes to be a successful actor. And I think you know that turning getting turned down. The, uh, the, 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 the lifestyle in terms, and I, and you know, some actors might be doing well financially, but I mean, I was getting nowhere financially. I was, I, my wife and I had a nice apartment. We were probably making, you know, maybe 50,000, maybe $60,000 a year on each, each one of us on our, you know, waiting tables jobs. And that's not that bad, but I wanted way more than that. I wanted to start a family. I wanted to buy a house. I wanted to be successful. And I and I wanted to have everything that it, everything that I knew having financial stability was going to give me, which just this just this feeling of being okay, like I can take care of myself. So there was a big journey there. Um, there's a big journey, and I think uh, that unless you're willing to just to identify your pain points and identify what's not making you happy in your life, because I think a lot of actors do that. I think they don't come to grips with the fact that they're miserable. Um, and they need to move on or they need to just like try something else. Um, I, you know, unless you're willing to really look at yourself and be honest, 
uh, you're really, it's going to be really hard to make that change. Do you find that the acting and fitness worlds have parallels? They do for me, but only because I think I have an insatiable desire to perform. Um, like right now, getting to speak on your show is a, is a form of performance for me. I'm mic'd up. I got my headphones on. You should see like my 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 whole entire setup here. I'm a little bit of a I'm, I'm a little bit of a podcasting geek, um, but every single week I get to perform, and I get to perform on my own terms. Nobody gets to cast me. I have a nice fan base. I get to talk to. I mean, my my podcast probably gets you know over two thousand downloads per episode in the first week. So that's a that's a group of two. That's a that's a that's an audience of two thousand people. And you have a group out. online. And we have a right. group online that's just shy of, I think we're at like 650 or close to 700 that like these are all the fans of the show. So basically I get to be a little bit of a celebrity um, <laughs> on a very like, small scale. Well, it's like a real community. You actually have yeah. something yeah. that's tangible in terms yeah. of like audience reach and interaction. And right. I'm wondering what do you do? I don't, I haven't seen, but do you do like video? I did. Um... Uh, we were doing Facebook lives in our group. So so the podcast, just to give some reference, the podcast is uh, it's a health and fitness podcast. We interview every other episode. My, uh, we interview someone and there'll be an expert in uh, in fitness, nutrition. They could be a New York Times bestseller that sold a book on and lifestyles. Uh, it, it could be all kinds of stuff. It's all about really creating a lifestyle that that works for you, that creates a, that's healthiest, the healthiest, healthiest, sorry, version of what you, of what you'd like to accomplish in your life. Right. And how you'd like to live. So, um, in the group community, we, we try to give more, right. More than just the podcast episode. So some of the things that we'll do is we started doing a batch cooking show on there. That was a live batch cooking show. And that was video. Devin and I are, you know, we're, it's not like we're hard to look at. We're good. We're good looking enough people. I mean, that's one of the reasons why you're an actor as well. You know, we, we can and we can be on camera. We don't feel uncomfortable on, in, on camera. We, we feel quite at home. Um, but we we would do cooking videos and we were doing these uh, live uh, Facebook Q&A's. However, you know, uh, I haven't do I haven't dove into any video content um, creation that has really had the same amount of payoff as say the say the podcast itself. Um, it, the interaction is not as strong now. Maybe that's just not mean being not not being patient. But I've also created or figured out that if it's not if it's not rewarding to me, if it's not getting the kind of feedback or um, or um, having the interaction that I that I would expect from it, I'm not going to belabor it and keep beating it to death. If my if my you know if our audience wasn't growing and if I didn't have strategies to grow our podcast audience, uh, I probably wouldn't con I wouldn't continue. But I'm you know but you know I am building the audience and we are getting better and the shows we do have we have 165 episodes we have our guest net level now is is pretty amazing. I mean we can pretty much ask anybody to come on our show and they'll come on our show. So we have a, we have some some weight to us at this point. Um, so. Uh, in terms of the video stuff, I haven't gotten into it as much because it's just, it's a matter of time. How much time do I have to do it? And is it worth that time? Well, and I, if it, I can tell if you that not, if you were to start doing video, I probably would like, like workout video. I probably would start working. You out. would probably what? I would probably start working out. Say that. Say, I would probably oh, start you're so working full out. of it. <laughs> <laughs> but you just have to.
to do that and then I would. No, I'm just, I do think that part of the reason why I do listen to the podcast constantly is because I know that at some point, whether it be because of my health, my age or something, that something's going to click or, you know, even if I were to like be cast in a Marvel show or something like that, I'm going to have to get in shape. And like I... So much of it is fear-based. So much of it is because of my history with eating disorders and, you know, from when I used to work out for all the wrong reasons of uh, being afraid to revisit that, you know? So, like, for me, listening to your podcast is really comforting because you offer so many different types of workouts. You, like, cover all these different types of theories when it comes to working out, but also in terms of nutrition as well. Yeah, And that... The nutrition, you know... I was going to say that that is... That really hits home with me because I found when I was getting over my eating disorder that knowing all about the different diets was actually helpful in recovery. Not that I had to like go on any of them, but just Mm. knowing about them because you could pick and choose when you wanted to. But if it was getting to be a little too much, if it was getting a little too much in your head, you could stop. Mm And that's why, like, the knowledge is power, but at the same time, if you have an obsessive mind like my my own, then, Mm -hmm. like, you you need to have different options so that you're not stuck in one place. Yeah. Yeah, the, you know, people do, one of the things, because I do do, um, one-on-one coaching, obviously, as a personal trainer, but I also do one-on-one coaching online, right? So, kind of like this, like having a a Skype call and talking to people about what they're working on, because, look, we know that you can follow a diet and lose weight. We know that you can follow a workout program and get, you know, and get, you know, and look buff or svelte or, or more fit, right? We know these things, but that's not what, that's not really the big part of the equation that most people are missing. The big part of the equation is they're not coming to grips with what's holding them back, right? So you mentioned fear, and that's really important that you are tuned into that because that is the thing that's stopping you, not the fact that you don't know what to do or the fact that you don't know what to eat. It's the fear that's holding you back. So what is what is what is that? Where does that come from? How do you dissect that? And then how do you kind of get past that and start doing things that uh, I think most people when they think of getting healthy, they think of it as like this, this thing that's going to suck. You know, it's like, oh, I got to stop eating what I know, what I like eating. I got to start working out like all the time. Now I have to, it's going to totally take over my life. And I'm not one of those people who's like all gung ho into fitness. And and, uh, that's all I want to talk about. That's not me. And I don't ever want to be one of those people. Well, that's the, that's, that's fear talking. That's fear saying, I don't, I don't want to change my life completely. I just want to do what I'm doing and be healthy. And that's that's what I do with my clients is like you dive. I dive into what people are doing and then say, OK, look, what do you want out of your life? Really, truly, what do you want? How do you want to feel? How do you want to look? OK, let's not change everything. Let's just start changing one little thing at a time. And it's not changing. It's just adding. Let's add something to your life, something that you enjoy. So a lot of times people are like, I had a client who is, uh, he's lost, he's lost a lot of weight. And when we first started working out together, he asked me, he's like, so, so what do I have to do for my workout? And I go, okay, well, well, let's first, let's, let's decide how, how, how much time do you want to spend a day working out? What do you like? Just, and and I, I, I like, let's be loose with, with working out. Let's just say doing something physical. How much time do you want to give a day? And he said, uh, I can give like 20 minutes or half an hour. I said, great. Okay. What, what are you willing to do for 20 minutes, a half hour that you're willing to show up for every day? And he's like, um, 
I, he's like, do I have to go to the gym? I go, no, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be the gym. Do I have to work out like lift weights? And I go, no, it doesn't have to be that either. What do you, what, do you, what's something physical that you like to do? It's like, I, I like to take walks. Great. Great. Let's take, let's have you take a walk every single day for 20 minutes. And so for months he did that. And now over, over the months he's lost, you know, he's lost close to 60 pounds, right? Never stepped foot inside of a gym. Never started doing this insane workout routine. Now along the way said, okay, you know, you've been walking consistently every single day for the last three months. Let me ask you something. Would you be willing to do, let's say you get back from your walk. What, would you be willing to just for one minute, sit down in a chair and stand up for one minute straight? It's like, does that sound some, like something that you'd be capable of doing? Yeah. Okay. Well, let's, let's just do me a favor. When you're done with that one minute of, of sit down, stand up, basically what I'm having him do is squats, write down how many you did. And I just want you to keep track. And it's just little things like that. Like it, it doesn't, it doesn't feel like you're giving up anything. It's only one minute. And for, but for somebody like that who hasn't been, you know, physically active for a really long time, it has a huge impact. And so you can like little things like that. I, my, my clients will discover their own, their own way of living for, um, for the future, for their, for the rest of their lives. So I don't necessarily want to train somebody forever. Um, but it's, it's a really, it's a really impactful thing. So when we talk about, um, fear, it's because I think most people think they have to change their entire life and they have to give up everything that they love. And that's just not reality. That's just not sustainable. So, you know, I think that, you know, it's, this is a, this is a different, this is a different way of working, but I, I think it's the most effective way for really changing lives. I think one of the biggest differences between you and the other fitness places that I like will gander at is that yeah. when I go to your site, I don't feel like I'm being sold something that's mm. trying to suck me in to their like life forever and into yeah. their way of living and their way of doing things. Um, it really does feel like I will work with you where you are at. And it feels more holistic in that sense. Um, and so yeah, I'm wondering. Yeah, I mean, I'd say that's a pretty. What? Sorry, sorry, you're saying. Sorry. So, no, no, no. Well, you broke up for a second there. So I interrupted you. Sorry. So go ahead and finish. Oh, finish what you were saying. So what I was what I was going to say was like, that's why I want you to start doing video, because <laughs> I feel like I would trust you, mm. you know, like mm -hmm. I I trust what you're doing because Every other, I don't know, YouTube channel or place that I feel like I, I go to, it's like four easy payments of 1995. It just feels like, um, and it's not that I don't want to pay. It just feels like you don't really have my interests when, when yeah. not you, but like those, those types of things don't really have no, my interests when they're, when they're not asking well, it's, you know, it, here, here's the thing, Len, like, you know, it, it, you know, audiences are interesting and this is, this is a part of like, so now if we're like talking more about business than we are talking about health and fitness, this is one of the reasons why I find being an entrepreneur is so kind of fun because, um, I was that kind of guy for a while where it's like, do this workout, you know, and, and, and it's, it's not, um, you, you said it a second ago, you have to meet your audience where they're at, right? You have to meet your customer where they're at. You have to basically understand their speak. So 
if I was to come at you and say, you know, you know, are you tired of, of, of feeling groggy? Are you tired of being out of shape and feeling disgusting in your body? You know, well, then you should hire me. And it's like, ugh, that's, you know, I'm not, he's not talking to me. But if I, you know, but if I was a little more open, it's like, you know, if I, if I'm open about myself and, and what I'm going through where it's like, you know, for me, I know that I struggle on a day to day basis to, uh, to make healthier choices for myself because, because I'm so, I'm so, um, driven to, you know, succeed at something. So what I'll do is I'll, I'll ignore my own personal health. You know, and so this is this is the thing that I think that most people would be able to connect to. It's like I'm I'm wrapped up in I have kids, I have a family, I, I'm busy as all hell. I don't have time for that. And there are other more important things to do than me work out and, and lose weight. Like I have to make sure that my kids get to school and that they get fed. I got to make sure that my husband has this support that he needs. So this way he can he can he can, you know, bring home the bacon. So there's there's a lot of different things that people are working on that I think connect to um, that people can connect to, I should say. And a lot of times we as as fitness entrepreneurs or people who are trying to like sell you some crap programs online, they're not talking. They're not talking to you. They're talking at you and they're not understanding what your real struggles are. And that's one of the reasons why it's so important. That's one of the reasons why we we have our podcast group. We, you know, we talk to our our listeners. We find out what are you struggling with? What's what's the, what's you know, what's your biggest problem? And then we try to help them with that. And, you know, and that's that's part of one of the one on one things that we you know, that we do. Like That's mostly how we offer help is through one on one, not necessarily um, selling tons of crazy programs. So if someone wants to work with you or Devin, mm-hmm. do they um, have to be in the L.A. area or do you, can you do it via Skype or what? No, 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 no. You could do it via Skype. Yeah. I mean, I have people I have people all over the world. I have people in Europe. I have people in uh, on the East Coast, on the West Coast and north, you know, uh, up north, uh, down south. I mean, we have. Yeah, I've it, it, everything is via Skype, just like you and I are having this conversation. I do it with we do it via video and uh, and really help people dissect and the best if, if, if somebody is interested uh, uh, they can go to openskyfitness.com slash coaching and that's that would be you can gather information there or you can just email me rob at openskyfitness.com with questions and see if maybe we'd be the right fit for you this is awesome because you, know? you I feel like I just really feel like you want to help and you are helping people, even the people who, like myself, who aren't actually doing anything. Mm. It's through osmosis, <laughs> I think, you know, of no, just this knowledge over things that are important, I think. You know, like I walk. That's my that's the thing that I do is yeah. I establish for myself, you know, it's really hard for me to motivate to work out past 10 a.m. So I what can I do every single day that's physical and that is Mm -hmm. to walk my dog and I walk my dog maybe twice a day and when I was in New York I was walking like you know how New York City is I was walking about probably six to seven miles a day I'm not joking my feet were gonna fall off Um, but it felt so good to be doing that every single day. And I, and I, it just realized, I just realized like, I like this and I found something that works for me. I don't know how I'm going to keep that up in LA, 
to be honest, especially with the heat right now. Like, I don't know yeah. if hiking is really an option for me <laughs> unless it's like first thing in the morning. But yeah. it's definitely changed my mind. And as I listen, as as I try to figure out this next phase of my life where I think I'm going to have to actually take fitness a little more seriously, I appreciate you because you're mm. pretty much the only evidence I have that people are in it for the right reasons. Mm. I know yeah. there must be other people, I obviously, but like for me, it's really hard to see. And with you, it's just yeah. very clear. Can I? Okay. I'll, I'll tell you something about myself that I think most people would not expect. I don't like working out. I that's don't why, think, that's I don't why, think, that's why I think I relate to you because I listen to your podcast. So I yeah. know these things about you. Yeah. You want maybe like you want somebody who like when I'm like I don't feel like it knows what I'm talking about and is not like what's wrong with you. Yeah. Yeah. I totally no, I totally get it. Like there's nothing I look, when I'm done working out, do I appreciate how I feel afterwards and do I appreciate the results that I get? Yes. I'll uh that's that's a hand, that's a, that's hands down. That's not that's not that's not the question though. The question is, do I am I able to self-motivate to the point where I'm actually going to do something on a day-to-day basis? That's the problem. That's the thing that I struggle with. So what I've had to do is figure out ways how to hack my own personal life to keep myself physical and active, right? So, and that's what I, that's what I'm trying to like find with, with my clients is like, okay, what do you enjoy doing? Well, like what's something that brings you joy? What do you like? And so for some people it's reading business books. For some people it's, you know, it's, uh, you know, listening to podcasts. It's like, okay, so let's attach something that you like doing like you really enjoy doing, let's attach it to something physical. Let's attach it. So maybe, okay, what's your favorite podcast? Uh, the Open Sky Fitness podcast, of course. Okay, well, great. So now I want you, if you like, if you like doing, if you like listening to that, well, what if I, what if I said, uh, I, I only want you to listen to that show when you're walking. Rob, I do that. Right, <laughs> right. So, so it's I like, great. I didn't think about that, but I do that. That's perfect. And I had a client who he didn't he didn't like listen to podcasts, but he but he did like reading reading uh, business books. And he just he's like he's like, I'm only going to read these business books when I'm walking on the treadmill. And that's that was how he attached something that he loved to something that he that he was not looking forward to doing. And when you do something like that, you create this bond this connection between those two things where you start to appreciate that thing that you didn't appreciate before. Another example of that is when you, when you, um, you put your, uh, what are they called? Your vitamins in your coffee cup or right on top of your coffee maker. So it interrupts the, the, the process of you just getting your cup of coffee in the morning. It reminds you to take your vitamins. Right. So it's like you got to you got to attach something that you that you want to that you really want to start incorporating into your life, whether it's not whether it's vitamins or fitness or, you know, maybe drinking more water and you attach it to something that you already do that you enjoy doing. And that's a really good tool for me. Like I I like attaching my fitness to either talking about it on my show. Like for me, I can attach it to business a little bit, so it helps me. Um, but I listen to, now I used to listen to uh, music when I run, but I, I can't do it anymore because there's nothing enjoyable about that to me for some reason. So now I only listen to podcasts when I run and I look forward to certain podcasts when I run and I look for a podcast that's exactly 35 to 45 minutes and that's that's what I do. And so the same thing when I work out, I'll listen to podcasts and it's like, because it just, it takes me out of the room and, and it's not like I don't feel good when I, when I lift, 
Um, I do. I feel good when I lift. It's just that getting started is one of the hardest things. So it's, you know, everybody has to figure out how to hack their way in. And I, I, I don't, I don't understand the people. <laughs> it sounds crazy because I'm like a trainer, but I don't understand the people who are obsessed with working out. I don't get it. I've on, I've, I've like worked out. I've done fitness competitions. I've been, I've been uh, 5% body fat. You've seen pictures of me. I'm like, I was completely jacked. Um, but it was all like I, I had to do, I did it like with, like I had to like convince myself to do it, but it was all attached to something else, all attached to something, something bigger or more, you know, and that was the drive for me to complete it. So we have, you know, for people like us who don't look forward to working out just for the sheer joy of working out, um, you, you, you want to find something to attach it to because we know it's really important. We know it's a big part of our life that we need to start incorporating. Otherwise we're, we're not going to be, um, we're not going to be, you know, able to look the way we want to look, feel the way we want to look. Now, that's just the fitness part of it. The part of the equation that I actually, that's probably more important, uh, and that I excel at because I really love it is I like, I like eating and I like eating food that's delicious and I happen to be a pretty damn good cook. And so I make food that's healthy, um, that fits into my lifestyle and, and keeps me at the weight that I want to be. So that is the thing that probably gives me the most amount of results. Well, before we go, because we're running out of time, I do want yeah. you to tell me about your buffalo wing healthy recipe that you oh. talked about earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the buffalo wings are super, super easy to make. So buffalo wings, obviously, the way that you would traditionally make them was you would deep fry them. So if you're gonna if you're gonna make buffalo wings and they a lot of times they'll be battered or something like that, but traditional buffalo wings uh, usually just uses and if you're doing if we're talking about like Buffalo New York uh, and New York buffalo wings, um, they are you don't cook them in any kind of breading. So what I do is I just toss them with a little bit of oil and I put them on a sheet pan in the in the oven with a grate so this way they don't stick to the sheet pan or I throw them on the grill at like a lower temperature, like a medium heat, and I'll cook them for like an hour. Either way, they're cooking for almost an hour. And what that does is it really cooks off all the fat, not all of it, but you know, a good amount of this fat from the skin, and that all drains out, and they become unbelievably crispy. And so that is, that's how I bake them. And then in terms of the sauce, um, I use Red Hot, and which is just cayenne pepper and vinegar, and I use uh, grass-fed butter for to cut this. So basically, if you didn't know this about buffalo wings, that hot sauce, uh, the way that you cut the heat is adding butter, melted butter. So you add that to your hot sauce. And so I use grass fed butter because it's higher in, higher in omega threes. And I don't eat it with blue cheese. I just eat them plain just like that. And that's phenomenal for me. So that is my healthiest way of eating buffalo wings. But I get to have those. I usually eat them like once a month. I'll eat like a big plate of buffalo wings. Uh, but I make them myself and they're really easy because it's like, you know, if you're talking about cooking something for an hour, it's usually it's in the oven. You don't even think about it. it just all of a sudden starts smelling like like fried chicken in the house. So that's how I make my buffalo wings. That sounds so really, good. really, really good. Have you <laughs> ever done like buffalo cauliflower? Or do you like that kind of stuff or no? Uh, yeah. Uh, buffalo cauliflower, like baked cauliflower tossed with buffalo, uh, tossed with buffalo sauce. Have you ever uh, have you ever gone to like Mohawk Bend or one of the other places that does that? I guess there's, they, they must fry it. it. There's a, yeah, I think they fry it. Um, I haven't known anybody to like bake it, but I've, I make a Buffalo casserole. That's actually, there's a, there's, that's on my website. Uh, this Buffalo casserole, you can find that you can find it there. Um, and it's got cauliflower in it 
and it's basically it's perfect for families who want to batch cook and they love the flavor of buffalo wings and it's just cauliflower carrots um and um and and chicken and it's all tossed with um with hot sauce and uh mayonnaise and i use avocado mayo or i make my own avocado mayo like an aioli and i and i blend and i mix it with the hot sauce and then you just you churn it all together and then you bake it off and it's Ugh, it's like the most delicious thing. It's that the, sounds it's, incredible. Yeah, so good. So that's the thing. Like I love, uh, I love cooking. I love finding ways to make my favorite foods, and buffalo wings is definitely one of them. <laughs> so we mentioned this before. People can find you at Open Sky Fitness, but just let's reiterate all the places people can follow you. The podcast. That's right. So if they want to find the podcast, they can find Open Sky Fitness uh, podcast on iTunes. We're on SoundCloud as well. We're basically wherever you can find your podcasts. We're there. Uh, if you just want to find out some, you know, read some blogs that we wrote, uh, also find out a little bit more about Devin and I, my wife and I. Uh, you go to openskyfitness.com. But if you if you want to be a part of a community that of people that are really like doing this stuff and are making the changes and are having conversations around the podcast conversation, like the podcast topics, um, there's we have a phenomenal group, Open Sky Fitness podcast group on Facebook. There's also an Open Sky Fitness page that's different. That's the business page. It's fine. We that's where we post a lot of our blog posts and you know and we let people know about our our podcast and stuff like that, the latest episodes. But the group is basically I don't promote anything there. Uh, it's just conversations. So if you're if you want something that's not necessarily commercial, I don't let people promote their stuff there. I kick people out if they're trying to get all like wordy about what they do. I I just I get rid of them because I I want it to be a pure place for people to really share what they're doing. Um, so that, that's a, Lynn, are you in that group? I don't, <laughs> I don't know if think, I am. <laughs> I don't think you are. I feel like I'd be like such a false, like a, like a fake person. <laughs> like, you have, yeah, right. Just a filler. Just, yeah, like filling up space. just like, just filling up space, just like taking, taking, taking and not giving. Well, you better go and you'll take and take and take until you're ready to start giving back to that's somebody true. else. And I that's, should. That's, 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 that's part true. Of it. It's going to happen at some yeah. point. I know it's going to. It's, it's okay. We don't judge you. We don't judge you if you just want to come and be a, a, a be a fly on the wall and really observe what's happening. We don't judge you for that. Okay, I will yeah. do that. All right, awesome. And, All right. and that's that's it. And on Instagram and Twitter. Yeah, Instagram and Twitter. I'm, I'm at Open Sky Fitness. If you want to check me out there too. But my where I hang out the most is definitely in that podcast group. So if you if you want to just check out what's happening, that's that's the spot to go. But I'm I'm on Instagram and I'm on Twitter as well. I'm 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 there. If you if you message me, if you if you tag me in something, I'll respond. But I don't necessarily just chill out there the way I would chill out in the in the podcast group. Well, thank you, Rob. I could really talk to you forever. I mean, as evidence, this is one of my longest podcasts in a long time. So thank you, thank you, oh. thank you for being on the show. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it.